It's your boy, D-D-D-D-D-D-D-D-A-Go, back here with another podcast. I'm here to tell you about a semester two sports marketing class. I'm currently in a class with all my friends and and with my favorite teacher ever, Mr. Kane, OG Kane. He knows me, Crispy Kane. Right, so, so in terms of now about sports marketing, uh, free agency, and what free agency is, it allows players to explore options and move to another team with little or no financial penalty. And some honest to that could be higher player personnel, cost results, and bidding wars for certain players. And since some contract requirements vary among sports leagues' rules regarding players becoming free agents, and therefore there are not always a union voting option. And like an example of this could be the Antonio Brown case. Like Antonio Brown was on the was on the uh, Steelers, and then he wanted to be, like, free from the Steelers. He wanted to play for the uh, Steelers anymore, so then he went into, like, a free agency clause. And when he was in free agency, the uh, Cleveland Browns picked him up. Correctly? Am I correct? Cleveland Browns picked up Antonio Brown? Oh, who picked him up? The Raiders. The Oakland Raiders picked him up. Let me think about Odell, bro. Yeah, let's go and talk about Odell. You know what? Let's talk about Odell real quick. After after AB. So AB went to free agency because he applied for really He didn't like the contract he was in, so he got signed by Oakland Raiders. He played with the Oakland Raiders. I don't even think he played a game, and then he got released from the Raiders. Can you tell me why he got released from the Raiders? Because of the helmet issues. Because of the helmet issues and poor relations with others. And then he got signed to the Patriots. So everybody thinks the Patriots might be a big-time team. Antonio Brown played one game, boom, he's done. He's out. So he went back into free agency, and then he just retired. So that's a little example of free agency. And, what, <laughs> and another thing about free agency could be Odell Beckham, how he played with the New York Giants. And now I hit. So, like, what do they call it? Like, apply for release, right? He just basically, like, got out of his contract. He was in free agency. He got picked up by the Browns, and now he's having a ball in the season. I sit on the free agency. But on to like, um, all this stuff. And now there's a little commercial break, and now we're back. Some things about owners, agents, and player relationships are basically pleasing the fan is a major consideration of any team. Any team should be able to please their fans so that fans, so they can continue to be fans and like stuff like that. And everybody needs each other in this relationship. Like the fan, the players need the fans, and the fans need the player for both excitement. Fans want them to unite like a team and act like a team. So fans like us and our person, when our personnel like basically looking at the team and like we want them to act as a team, play as a team, be a team, like basically a, a bond, bond, like a brotherly relationship. For some reason, like player unions were established because providing a form of representation to negotiate compensation in terms of all collective bragging agreement. And basically, rights players are protected. <clears throat> I'm sorry. Some outcomes associated with player unions are basically the positive. I'm going to take you three positive and three negative. Some safer working conditions, more, <coughs> better environment, higher injury protection, innocent benefit. But the negatives are it can cost owners more, it can drive tickets up, tickets prices up, and it changes the sport from how it used to be. And now we're going to talk about agents. Some things we can talk about agents. An agent is basically an agent. <coughs> hey, can you turn it off, please? I'm doing my podcast. Some things about agents are like 
All right, so like one really big agent that probably you guys all know is Jay Z and like Michael Jordan and stuff. Like their agents are teams, so basically they they like look out for the players, like they do the contracts, they do all of the underground work for the players. So responsibility is agents. They have legal representation of any athlete or celebrity. They're also paid for the career of their client. Their um, client. So basically, that player, that player. I mean, that agent has responsibility of like the, the player's career, like the, the careers are in the agent's hands to make it like that. Like one of the main responsibilities with negotiation contracts is like performance endorsements, personal appearances, and usually an attorney, accountant, or both. If some are friends, like LeBron James' agent. How do you how do you think agents get paid? That's probably the question you're asking me right now, and I'm here to tell you. NFL and NBA, 3% of players contract. That's how much the agents get paid in the NFL and NBA. But in NHL and MLB, it averages between 4% and 10% of the player contract. Why is that? As of right now, I really don't know. I'm going to have to look into that because I actually want to know about that too. Some rules and regulations are, it could be like, they must follow federal and state laws. They must follow the NCAA, other collegiate level rules and regulations for the athletes. Many states and most sports leagues require agents to be registered with the league as a agent. Like, for example, all NFL player contracts are fully regulated by the NFL PA, and the agents cannot do business in the NFL without NFL PA and approval. An example of this can look at honors rules and regulations. If you act as an agent in this state, you must register with the Department of Secretary of State. The advantages of being a sports agent, you got you got to depend on the agent that could help with the job position. So like football draft, like NFL draft, and then um, NBA draft, you know, it's all in your agent's hands. Different agents have strategies in dealing with contract negotiations. So basically, the agents, let me just like explain it for you. So basically, like the agents see the contract, the agents have to read over the contract, tell the player exactly what they see in the contract, tell them the goods on the contract, the bads in the contract, and they have to negotiate with it. And another advantage is can line up for better endorsement opportunities. Like, basically, like Nike trying to endorse you, but you want Jordan. So they can negotiate with Nike to get a higher deal. They go talk to Jordan and tell them uh, Nike's offering and Jordan probably buy. Oh, no, we want that player to endorse us, so we're going to do that. Make it protect you from distractions. <clears throat> the problems you can get while being a sports agent is you're not ethical. You can get a player in trouble easily. You can get a college team in trouble easily. You could also, you're also blamed for high salaries. And can you think of anything else? Yes, I can think of some. Some problem you can have with an agent is you is you basically not telling your you're not telling your player, the person you're agenting, like everything that's like in the contract, and they read something they don't like what you did, and like the players all mad, and it's just basically lose lose. Now we're gonna go to the legal issues over here. All right, this is gonna be talking about business law. And like... All right, and now we're back from our commercial break. And then we're gonna cover our bases on basically business and law. Some objectives for this unit that we had to learn was basically we had to explain the issues of the unfair trade practices and sports event marketing and also explain the issues of contract law and sports event marketing.
Legal issues affect sports at every level. Sport event marketers must be in the know. Also, the business of sports, basically, is capitalism. Free trade can't be restricted. Also, also the trademarks. An important trademark should basically be repetition. Because much money as you make, the repetition wise is basically how you look in the national news. Like basically how you look on social media and everything. Some more trademarks are like it prevents. Alright, so one of the trademarks is Lanham Act. And Lanham Act is it prevents trademarks from their pregnant violence. Violations result in injunctions fines. Sherman <laughs> Interest Act. Hold on. All right, here we're with Carson Rouse, and we're gonna I'm gonna ask him a few questions, and we're gonna get his responses on it. So, um, do you play fantasy football? I'm an avid member of the fantasy football league. Yes. If you don't mind me asking, what is your record right now? My record currently sits at two and one. A tough loss, tough loss week two. Um, to a team that is not very good in our league and just my players did not show out my star players had the situation with Antonio Brown to deal with had to make some tough decisions at running back and at flex positions really tough outcome for me all right all right I respect that I got another question for you this was gonna add, like you had to like think for this question how does sports marketing how does how does what you like figure out a sports marketing like how do I say this? How do what you what? what all right, so, <laughs> what you have learned in sports marketing? How does that translate to the real world in sports? Talk for as long as you want. Three minutes. So sports marketing depends greatly on a player's image, and based off of the people's opinions of the player, can affect um, how much they believe in the sports marketing's ability to sell products, events, and games. So, situation with Antonio Brown greatly affected the sports world. Um, he had the football helmet company, uh, had good partnership with them. They used them in their advertisements. But uh, with the issues that he has been related to recently, um, they decided to cut him from their contract. Um, the helmet company did not be, need to be associated with it because he gave them a bad image, bad rep. Um, basically, a player's image can ruin the sports marketing's ability to um, sell a product. Um, people are going to correlate the image of the athlete to the company that they're sponsoring, or to the company that they're representing. Um, this impacts the people's decisions, um, foreign markets to relationships with owners, um, other companies, endorsement deals, um, such as shoe deals. I mean, there's plenty of times where players have been cut from their shoe deal based off of the image. Um, Example, Zion Williamson, the uh, sports marketing, the shoe. Um, they were, I'm sure, looking for to use him for the rest of their year. Um, for the rest, like once he gets to the NBA. Um, and after he tore the shoe, it just ripped. <laughs> it just, it just ripped. Yeah, it just ripped the shoe and really messed with their image. Um, Nike tried to recover by sending him some shoes, um, fix the, uh, fix the issue with their product and make it more sturdy. Tried to back up the story, but 
they ultimately did not recover and he signed with someone else. Um, this is just an example of the tragic event that happened in a game um, affecting probably the most popular college or college basketball player of this time period, um, just affecting his play and the company's image. So sports marketing. And that was that was Carson Rouse. Thank you so much, Carson Rouse, for participating in my podcast. Of course, and of I'm going to take it from here. Yes, sir.